This is the Roaring Elephant podcast, and I'm joined today by my co-host Dave, who I hope has more inspiration than I do, because I've been trying to find something to insult him today, and I didn't find anything. Uh, I was going to call you my my fellow traveller on this open source journey. How about that? Ooh, are we going to do things like uh, the Hobbit? Going to be a fellowship of uh, open source ring ships? <laughs> oh, I, I I thought you meant we were just going to walk for like three entire films. And then walk back. Well, they never walked back, to be honest. No, they kind of got picked up and flown most of the way. I yeah, it's, I mean, they should have done that to go there. It would be yeah, better, that would have been much Short much easier, much quicker. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough Lord of the Rings. Although, really, can you ever have enough Lord of the Rings? Yes, probably. I never went um, past the second book. Really? That the second book, for some reason, I always get bogged down when we go into the the end thing. Okay. Uh, I. Mm, yeah, okay. I quite enjoyed the books. And I did read Still. the other book, uh, the, the the whole uh, elf and history the Cimmerillion? book. Cimmerillion. I did read that one. It's, it's yeah. much drier. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that was the one that I couldn't really get into. I did eventually chew my way through it. Uh, by that I mean read it, not literally chew my <laughs> way through it. Um, but yeah, I didn't, didn't enjoy that really. Anyway, enough talking. Uh, we are talking about... The uh, an article, or uh, we're having a conversation inspired by an article that uh, I found on VentureBeat. What stage of open source adoption has your company reached? And I definitely don't agree with this article, but <laughs> it it talks about um, sort of three phases of of an organisation, and uh, yeah, I definitely don't agree with this, but it, it talks about the first sort of phase, which makes sense to me being an organization consuming open source. Uh, for those that remember um, our chat with John Murtick uh, a couple of episodes ago, every almost every single organization out there is consuming open source in some way, shape or form, whether they know it or not, even... According to John, there was a survey done where people were asked, you know, how much open source do you think you're consuming? And uh, even people that said, oh, basically none, uh, you know, when they when a full survey was done, it was like 60 or 70 percent of um, yeah. things that they were doing were, were uh, had some form of open source software in them, which to me is thoroughly not surprising. Um, and this this first stage, of the, the consuming stage, as they talk about it, is basically that you know you're you're consuming open source in some way shape or form either either it's bundled with um, something that you're running or maybe you're actively working with an open source vendor or it's maybe it's under the covers of of something that as far as you're concerned it's just an appliance or just a piece of tech that you're plugging into your data center and or you know consuming as a cloud service but it happens to have some open source within it somewhere yeah i would make the distinction here that we're specifically talking about companies that are not companies that produce open source because if Correct. you're a company like uh i don't know mysql apache whatever red hat red yeah. hat well yeah red hat being ibm mm -hmm. now comes a bit of a metal story i guess mm -hmm. uh but i mean this is more talking about generic companies like i don't know banks insurance companies um, manufacturing whatever yeah. just any any enterprise sense. any enterprise organization yeah, or any yeah. large organization yeah yeah so absolutely I, so i'd say that the first 
time they touch it is maybe also if to investigate whether it's a threat or not. And a threat in a way that will open source, not adopting open source, obsolete me faster. See, I, I don't, I'm not sure I agree with that because mm -hmm. I think that um, for the most part, people have already a, can, are already consuming open source before they even get to that stage. Like as as per the earlier example, whether they know it or not, like that there's already open source there. Now, do they then get to the point where they have to take stock of what they're doing when they they suddenly realize, oh my god, actually. Yeah. 60% of what we're doing involves open source in some way, shape, or form. We better actually investigate this. I think that's more likely. Yeah. Do you agree? Yeah, that's pretty much what I meant. I mean, sometimes open source has a different paradigm than closed source. And I'm not talking yeah. better or worse at this point, just it's different. Different is always mm -hmm. good, by the way. Um, and sometimes you have some regulations that suddenly become important because, oh, damn, I don't have a... What's it called again when you say somebody else will pay my uh, law problems if somebody... Yeah, indemnification. indemnification. Thank you. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of commercial software has that. Open source software typically does not unless you have a contract with a company that has a business mm -hmm. model around putting that around open source, blah, blah. But yeah, just discovering one day, oh, we're using MySQL or MariaDB, which is a better thing because MySQL mm -hmm. is not Oracle, so that's still open source, but still a big company. MariaDB is just a project. There's no real, is there a legal entity around that? Or probably, I don't even know, to be honest. But it's something that you just might figure out somebody's use, or Postgres, even even a better example. Mm -hmm. Postgres is embedded in a lot of products as a component. Suddenly you've, you've met, you, you've, you discovered this and, oh, and it's more like when I said threatening, Bad, bad word, perhaps, but more about making a conscious decision on do we keep this or not, and what are the consequences of either decision. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. So the the next phase uh, hang on, hang is on. don't go there okay. yet because I was just as a follow on thinking how okay, I can't use an ugly word here. How viral do you think open source is? Because when you have that decision time for, okay, we discovered using open source, we have to decide yes or no. If you decide yes, does that inevitably mean that more open source will enter your company or is that not necessarily so? I mean, I have an idea, but what's your idea? I think viral is a, obviously has quite negative Yeah, it's a late, that, that's, why I, that's why I said it before yeah, I said it. Yeah, but so I would... I would say once an organization decides that open source is A-OK -okay in some way, shape or form, maybe they have a, I don't know, a, either a, a list of projects that are whitelisted or maybe a list of licenses which they find mm -hmm. acceptable or, you know, whatever it might be. I do think that whereas before in a company's life cycle, you know, they, they would just, you know, pick whatever solutions made sense, uh, I think the you know validation of open source within an organization is often a precursor to further open source technology adoption because all of a sudden it's seen as well it's seen as vindicated almost mm -hmm. like this is this is something that you know has Valid the stamp option. of approval yeah exactly like the the board or whoever cto or whatever has said that this is something that we can and should do and therefore why would we not look at other open source based technologies? Yeah. Uh, I, I've always said, despite the fact that I, I do love and have spent over 20 years of my life in open source, 
like you should look at what's the right solution for you, regardless of whether it's something open or closed or a hybrid of the two. Like the the solution that you pick, to a certain extent, should probably probably be um, separated from whether it's an open source solution or a closed source solution. You need to look at the the wider picture. But I do think that people then start if open source has been validated within an organization, I do think they start to more actively consider other open source solutions. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, yeah, there's pros and cons on both uh, sides of the fence, but having a message towards your employees that open source is okay, if it's mm-hmm. get vetted and stuff like that, that can actually make things different because in my experience, might be wrong here, but closed source application software projects usually come top down. The C level has decided to go for Oracle, just naming the name, and that gets pushed down. The well, open source things can come from the top, but also very often come from the bottom because an employee has done a little hobby project, did, did something with this project, with this thingy, and it goes into the office and I do this and it kind of bottoms up a little bit more. And I think that's valid for open source more than for closed source. And if you don't yeah. have that discussion in the organization about open source and the pros and cons and the things you have to be careful for, things like that, the employees won't feel empowered, I guess as a word, enough to voluntarily say, oh, maybe we should look at this or just be open for it, basically. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. So, ready to move on to the next stage? Yes, sir. On our, on our open source journey. So, the next stage, as, as defined by this article at least, is, uh, <laughs> is producing. And this is where organizations are actually contributing back to open source. They're not just taking open source products and consuming them, as was the previous phase, but they're actually contributing code back or documentation back or even just contributing um, sort of uh, you know bugs or issues into issue trackers or you know things like that those are all in my mind at least to to mm-hmm. do with contributing back to an open source community or project don't or, forget things like community stuff organizing meetups yeah yeah, yeah. involving yourself in meetups um, you know all of these things are all about driving open source forward and these are in in the in this article at least these are all under the umbrella of the kind of producing stage now i know many organizations struggle starting this actually there's often a lot of concerns mainly from uh, lawyers and legal teams at companies of like how does me how does one of our employees contributing code back to an open source project you know what damage potentially because that's what lawyers are always looking looking at what damage could that do what potentially ip are we letting out of the door that we'll never get back because uh, we're contributing out in the open and there's there's often very kind of i mean they're necessary conversations you can't just go and unilaterally decide you want to contribute a bunch of stuff you've done while you're working at a company uh, to an open source project, you know, you look at your contract to understand mm-hmm. what you can do out of your own time, because uh, that's obviously very different. But, you know, if you spend time working uh, at a company, 
you're developing stuff during company hours on company hardware you know those things all factor into the, these kind of conversations so i think the producing stage there's often an initial legal hurdle but it is a hurdle that the majority of organizations do actually manage to find a way do manage to get through and you know become you know at some way shape or form uh, often contributors back towards open source yeah and i wouldn't uh, i would read your contract very carefully there because it's basically usually not just during company hours but if you're doing anything even as a hobby project it can be yeah. it can become part of the company so typically what i do when i have an inkling of doing something that might have consequences i mean i haven't but if i was going to write a book for example i would mm. definitely first discuss it with my company to say to tell them i'm thinking of writing this book on using i don't know uh, better programming COBOL. why the hell <laughs> i like COBOL. still do i still have murtic in my mind uh, <laughs> um, but even something like that which might be totally separate from my job as a solution architect at the company i work for I would still go first to human resources there to clear it with them that I will I will be doing this outside. Uh, I, I will agree with them if I can mention the company or not in that whatever thing it is I'm doing. Because in essence, a lot of contracts are written in a way that if you do something like that, you write a children's book or something, it could still mm -hmm. become part of the company. Now, obviously, yeah. companies have cultures. And if you have a good culture company, it shouldn't be a problem. But it's yep. up to you as potential committer to make that conversation happen, I think. You shouldn't wait for the company to reach out and say, oh, we saw you did this. Let's have a chat. <laughs> Usually yeah. not the best way of doing it. Yeah, not not the smartest way at all. Uh, and it it's the, the, the other things that are kind of interesting here are the organizations that go like beyond just that. And... These are mostly, but not all, um, you know, fairly recognizable, fairly giant tech companies. But some of the examples mentioned here are Airbnb, PayPal, Indeed, Comcast, Capital One, and there are definitely many more. But when I when I think of those organizations, these are organizations that no, don't just contribute towards existing projects, but actually open source entire projects themselves uh, and and sort of provide if you like almost a dump of code uh, to the open source community and say hey here's a thing that we built internally uh, we think it has value we don't you know typically I'm not sure they actually talk about this but typically one of the the threads even behind the scenes of the conversation is we basically don't really want to continue maintaining this ourselves like okay. we, we think that other people could get value from it and we'd like to see this, you know, grow and flourish with other people's contributions as well. Um, the, 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 the different sort of reasons why companies open source technologies are quite varied, but you know, it can be everything from I've talked to organizations uh, where they, they literally see it as a recruiting tool. Mm -hmm. They see, contributing stuff into open source as, as as entire projects as being you know come and work for us we might not sound like a cool sexy organization but look at this this open source project we contributed that how's that for cool and sexy and interesting so you know come and come and work with us and you could work on open source as well uh, and that's coming from a 
uh, a large UK energy company, that particular story. So there's there's a lot of these kind of things happening. Like it's not always the Ubers or you know companies in the world that are releasing these kind of open source projects. Yeah, I do kind of exception to all of your of the word you used, like dumping into the open source. I mean, if, if they're dumping into the open source, it's probably not going to have a long life because, yeah. Uh, I mean, on the one hand, you could do it for posterity, so it doesn't go get uh, removed and it stays there and it, it remains available. I mean, once it's on GitHub, once it's on the internet, it never goes away. So that's one reason you might do it as a dumping action. We're going out of business, we're closing the shop down. Well, we put all the code on GitHub. If somebody wants to do something, great. If you're not, great. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of those things actually flourishing a lot. Uh, I do think Definitely. it's I do think it's more that you put it on 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 GitHub on on open source because you want to attract more talent because you recognize that either you don't have enough people, not enough time, or your usage is too myopic. I mean, you're just mm-hmm. looking at your own thing by expanding the products a little bit more it can improve your product or the project or the software thing in different ways you might not have even told about because again the more people are thinking about it the more thoughts you will have there'll be good and bad thoughts in there but on average you'll have more <laughs> yeah 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 for sure and i think this the, your, your point on uh, and I, I did actually use that word very deliberately because that is <laughs> you're right that is the worst way to just kind of lift and shift a whole bunch of code and then expect a community to build out of it like that almost never happens uh, i think we've talked about this on the podcast before like actually releasing the code is the easiest part of the whole journey despite all the legal wranglings you may have to go through you may feel that's difficult it's really not the most difficult thing is building a successful community around open source code that you release and that is the really hard part of any of this. But I never see this as a cost saving measure. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. But you know, that's 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 the producing uh, just sort a of little question there. Just a just question. Mm-hmm. Of if you have an ecosystem of enterprises, you have a subset mm-hmm. of enterprises that have done something with open source, and then you have a subset of that set of of, of enterprises that contribute back to open source. How big is that subset? We would say that Hundred percent of people using open source at one point will start contributing back. Fifty percent, ten percent, one percent. Contributing as in as in participating, you know, contributing as in here's an entire project. No, the first, the entire project that's always going to be a bit niche and very specific yeah. to technology companies. I'm more thinking of if you're a manufacturing company and you're using a, I don't know, uh, using the Hive uh, case management system, and you've got a little I, connector and you want to commit it back. That's so correct. I I would say if you included um, like very, very minor bug fixes, mm-hmm. yeah. um, contributions documentation, to documentation, meetups, the whole thing. Um, like issues on like just filing an issue and those sorts of things, I would say... Now, filing an issue, I, I wouldn't say, because filing an issue can be totally self-serving. I want this bug fixed. I want this thing added because I need it. So I wouldn't take that one in, but all the rest, yes. So mm. actually have done something in the community spirit. Because doing, a, doing a, a bug report is basically self-serving. Solving a bug report or adding some documentation, that's something. It's also self-serving. But the rest can you benefit want as well. That... Yes, but the rest can also yeah. benefit from it. While just saying, I want this feature in there, nobody ever can use it except me. That is not but the rest can also benefit from. I would argue the rest can also benefit from that raising an issue. Possibly, it but shi- not always. It, it shines a light on 
something that you believe is a limitation, the chances are if you believe it's a limitation or a restriction, chances are that other people will do as well. Not always, I'll grant you that. Uh, let's say that Oracle puts an enhancement request on MySQL that MySQL should start using the Oracle engine. So Oracle can start getting, said, not getting money. Not always. While all the other ones are always. Committing back to documentation, it's in the open. It's there. It's, but again, go ahead. I think that's semantics because I disagree with that as well. Like I, I see people you, contributing patches to, <laughs> to, uh, to projects all the time that get rejected because this doesn't make any sense for us to do things this way. But... I, th I think leaving aside the semantics of, mm -hmm. of exactly what how we define contribution, I would guess I would guess it's around seventy percent, something like that. I would guess. I think the majority of companies that are that are engaged in open source are, even if it's in an incredibly minor way. Back, you know, contributing back in mm -hmm. some way, shape, or form. Uh, I would guess a lot lower. I was thinking lower than thirty percent. I have no basis. I have no statistics at all. Mm. It's just gut feeling, because I still see a lot of companies that are not in the technology sphere, and there are more non-tech companies than tech companies. Even though tech yep. companies do, do seem to uh, dominate the news these days, but more, a lot of those have this whole "don't touch that. That's dangerous." Legal says no. That is still a big hurdle for a lot of these companies to go through, I think. So mm. I think 70%, that's a very high number. I'm a very optimistic person. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> moving on then, moving on. <laughs> the glass is so half empty. This is, this is where I, my, myself and the article go very much sideways. Because the, the next phrase, the next phase of this, uh, they call embracing. And on the one hand, that sounds perfectly logical. Yeah, First perfect. of all, you you consume it, then you start producing it, and then you fully embrace it. Then you extinguish it, right? That's how, no, sorry. Uh, no, I don't think that's the idea, no. <laughs> um, not unless you're Microsoft. Anyway, so the... Uh, old Microsoft. <laughs> old Microsoft, okay. Legacy Microsoft. Microsoft <laughs> NT. Um, Microsoft 95. <laughs> so they, they call this, the, this third phrase embracing. Now, I like the sound of it, but the way they actually define embracing is that you are basically an open source company. You are producing open source uh, that you then go on, like your entire company is built around that open source offering in some way, shape or form. And I, I just, I, I thoroughly disagree. I don't believe that that is part of a company's journey as such. I don't think you could start off with a company where you're just consuming it without any contribution back. And then you start contributing a bit to it. And then you become like an entirely open source company. Like I just, maybe there is an example out there, but to me, that makes no sense. What what makes more sense to me is that our companies that get founded around an idea that is that of fully embracing open source. And you know, you can you can talk about companies like Elastic, Cloudera, Hortonworks, um, you know, MongoDB, Red Hat, Pivotal, and I just uh, uh, you know, he's got a list of even. 
Uh, exactly. And, and sort of all of these companies have started with this vision of open source is at our core and we will grow on from there. Like none of them started off as, oh, we, we've got a whole, we've got a completely different thing that we do here. And, uh, and then we'll start using a bit of open source and then we'll become a totally open source driven company. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I also disagree with the article but in a different way as you. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I mean, I agree. The article is very much either too specific and they'll talk about spending money on open source to, to mm -hmm. give donations, things like that. For me, the embracing open source would more be the idea of open source. And if you lived your life in a closed sourced world, you will have that kind of culture and that kind of attitudes towards the world. Things should be hidden secrets, uh, should be kept secrets, should not be shared, we should not collaborate. The more you start working with open source, and if you actually are using open source in anger, not just I have a, something that uses something open source underneath, but I don't even see it. Now, if you really go out to find things, maybe indeed have put some documentation out there, you've become a sharing company at that point. And again, with limitations, we talked about this yep. before, this doesn't mean you have to share everything. Total transparency is never good. You have to have use your brain. <laughs> yep. But the idea behind embracing open source for me is much more in that aspect where you become a open source company in the way that how you do your business, how you um, respect other people, how you use uh, public media, social media, things like that. And that, I think, does make sense. If you start using open source, you make the next move towards contributing back to open source, it'll be pretty much inevitable at that point, because you've set so many steps on that journey already, that your company culture will somewhat get, um, I'm going to use infected, but again, in a good way, uh, with this uh, open source mentality. And in, yeah, that for, that, for me, that's how it would work. Because uh, yeah. I do agree with what you, what you said. Open source companies typically start as, this is what we're doing, and might move yeah. to a closed source company at some point, or get bought by, or something like that. Reverse happens rarely, and to be honest, I can't really mm. think. Well, there are a couple of companies that did this, that had a commercial thing from a long time ago, and at a certain time, the moment said, okay, open source makes sense for us. So it has happened, yeah. but that's uh, way more niche. Yeah. yeah, indeed. So I think with that, uh, unless you have anything else to add. Mm, nope. Nope. In that case, well, that is all the time we have for today on our open source journey. You can support this podcast by becoming a Patreon. Every contribution really does help. We are on YouTube. You can like, you can subscribe, you can hit the notification bell, you can do all the YouTube things. Please go to www.roaringelephant.org for a link to our Patreon page. And for more information about the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter using the at roaringelephant tag and send your feedback to podcast at roaringelephant.org. Until next time, my name is Journeyman Dave. And my name is, I'm still waiting for Peter Jackson to contact us for the movie rights about our journey. No. <laughs> There's not very much walking in it. I'm not sure he's interested. <laughs> I look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you then.